feeling better. Takes a couple of hours of gone a by. Better. Feeling a little better. I'm, I'm getting back to the optimism that I need heading into game four tonight at Dodger Stadium. Travis Rogers. I don't need Chris saying that he's disgusted with me. That seems a step too far. That's a little aggressive. It's one thing, too, to say the word disgust. It's another thing how he said yeah, no it. No question. Very aggressive. Yeah, very you aggressive. disgust me. That's by the way, different. By the way, he did throw in there very quietly and calmly at the end, and all Lakers have a preseason game. It is official. Dave McMenamin has sent out the tweet. The Lakers yes. will play their big, their new big three of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook for the first time this preseason against the Warriors. Definitely play them in the first half. We'll see what happens after that. Okay, here's what I need from you. Yes, sir. I need sir. you to really pay attention to that so mm-hmm. when we talk about it tomorrow, you can be informed and insightful yes. and entertaining yes. and all of those things because I will watch zero of that tonight. My man, I have <laughs> – you don't you don't understand the setup at Staples Center. Oh, you no, don't I, yes, it. I do. Yes, I do. I've been exactly where you've been. I feel like I'm at a, uh, a sports book or something, right? <laughs> I have a couple TVs, one to my left, one to my right. I got the game going on live in front of me. It's not a bad seat, Trav. No, it's not a bad seat. I, that, that's not the point. The point isn't that you will not see the Dodger game. I know that you will. My point is that I'm not going to see the Laker game because I'm going to be wow. in my, li- my living room watching the Dodgers and hanging and living and breathing on every pitch. And here's where I want to start. You will regret this day. No, for the- no okay. I, I, I will not. not. I won't regret it by. 9.55 tomorrow morning. That's that's not going to happen. Um, we're going to get Candlestick Park at Dodger Stadium again tonight because somehow, some way, 1984 at Candlestick showed up at Dodger Stadium last night. Swirling trash, gusting <laughs> winds, home runs that should have been halfway up the pavilion or landing in the center fielder's glove. Just an absolute bizarre night at Dodger Stadium last night weather-wise. I think, uh, and by the way, we do know Walker Bueller will start tonight for the Los Angeles Dodgers, so that obviously uh, is in play. Um, the, I think what you'll get tonight, Trav, I think you'll get another dogfight between two teams that are the two best teams in baseball, That a San Francisco Giants team that it makes no sense what's on paper, their lineup versus the Los Angeles Dodgers, but the Giants have... Uh, they have a certain way of doing things. You don't have to win games nine to two. You can win three nothing. You could win one to nothing. You can be up two games to one in a series. Uh, Dodgers obviously, with their back against the wall, you'll get the best punch from the Dodgers you possibly can get. Look, the Dodgers have plenty of good players, so this is not an excuse that oh we're missing our guy because you, when you got Trey Turner and Corey Seager and Mookie Betts, missing Muncie, Justin, Tur- they're missing Muncie. Yeah, they're absolutely missing Muncie. His bat in the middle of the order and just. The way that he goes about it, I think, is incredibly valuable to the Dodgers. And he grinds pitchers. He doesn't swing at bad pitches. He makes pitchers work deep into the count. He gets on base a lot. He walks a lot. He's a home run. All of the things that the Dodgers have not been doing in the two shutout games are things that Max Muncie does pretty well. He's, he makes pitchers work. He gets on base with walks. And, look, they're, they're, they got two hits out of the – actually, three hits out of that spot in the order. Pujols had two and Souza had one. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that you can really just blow past it and say, oh, we got tons of good players. Max Muncy, yeah, you miss him, but what's the big deal? I think they really miss him. Well, can I you know, also throw this out there? Bueller, this is going to be the first time he's ever made a start on short rest. And, you know, you were comparing some different pitchers. Some of them thrive in these situations. Sure. Some of them just know, I need my I need my five days of rest, right? Yeah. And we don't know that yet with Walker Bueller. If you said, okay, you got to pick one or the other, I'd, I'd lean towards – He'll thrive because he's Walker Bueller. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, well, but there's – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. All, all I was going to say is when you talk about Muncie, 
who would have been up in the lineup in the pitching rotation as well, this would have been Kershaw, right? And I just point that out because there are a couple pieces missing for the Dodgers, and nobody's going to feel sorry for the Dodgers. No. And like you said, they are stacked one through however, you know, um, every every player that's a part of the Dodgers organization has, a, has found a way to kind of chip in this season. Um, no one's going to feel sorry for them, but they are – Backs against the wall, you're going to need a, a fantastic performance. And Trav, what you got to have more than anything else, you know, you can't, you literally, based on math, cannot win games where you do not score a run. They have had two of three games where they did not put up one run. I'm going to give you this number again. During the regular season in the playoffs, the Dodgers have been shut out by the Giants three times. Three different times the Giants have shut out the Dodgers. The Dodgers were shut out a combined total of four times by everyone else in Major League Baseball. They know how to pitch to the Dodgers, or the Dodgers' approach against these pitchers is not working the way that it does against other teams. They, they, they need runs, period. This is why Gavin Lux, I think, has to be in the lineup today. I, I understand he's not a good outfielder. I understand that he's never played first base. All of these things. we got to find a way to score some runs because two shutouts in three games tell me we need some offense. He got into the game last night. He hit the ball on the button. I mean, the wind knocked it down, whatever. It's an out. doesn't really matter with the launch angle and velo, exit velo and all that. I mean, it's frustrating to read it, but it's an out. I'd really like to see his bat in the lineup today, especially against a right-hander in Di Scalfini. I think he's got to be in there. I think you got to roll the dice a little bit too. You know, it, you've kind of – we were talking about that game against the Cardinals, that um, the wild card game, that it made more sense to have defense first. And I don't want to ever make it sound like I'm undervaluing defense because I'm not. And I think yesterday is a perfect example of it. Giants won the game because of their defense. That's they why did. they won the game. They yeah. Every single play they made, if they don't make every one of those plays, Dodgers may end up winning that game. Mookie Betts hit, maybe gets over Crawford's head. There was a, a, you know, obviously a number of different plays yesterday that went in San Francisco's favor, but at the same time, San Francisco's making plays. And, and you know, you mentioned Gavin Lux. This might be that game that you say, hey, we'll take our chances on the defensive side because we need another bat in there. We need somebody that can maybe potentially pop one or hit a double or ignite an inning. Lux would obviously give you a chance of doing that. Okay, a couple of things here. Number one, I want to go back to that Crawford play, right? When Mookie, they've got two guys on, there's two mm -hmm. outs. you got a chance to get some runs on the board. And, you know, like you said, who knows what happens after. Maybe that breaks the spell and all of a sudden you get a couple more hits and instead of tying the game, you're up three to one. Four, who knows, right? It wasn't just that Brandon Crawford channeled Spider-Man and climbed up a wall and, and did this. It was if he's literally – I want everybody to understand this. This is not yep. hyperbole. If he is literally one step to the left or right of where he was, hmm. that's a hit. He, he didn't have to take one step to his left or one he step to his right directly and then up. jump. He yep. just needed to plant his feet and go straight. One damn step in mm -hmm. either way – and that ball's in the gap. Instead, it's in his glove, the inning ends, and you lose the game. That's the sort of luck that the Dodgers were having last night. That's number one. Let's go back to Walker Bueller for a second. You, me, Dave Roberts, Walker Bueller. I, does anybody have an answer to this question? Which of these two categories? These are all great pitchers, okay? Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, and Madison Bumgarner are guys that could go on three days rest and they go out there and they look like they're on exactly the right turn and they look they look like they look every other time. Those Sometimes guys are, even better. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Randy Johnson's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Kurt Schilling, put aside Kurt Schilling's deal. Kurt Schilling showed up 
big time when it was time to show up. And Madison Bumgarner, multiple-time World Series champion. I don't like him because he's on the other team, but whatever. Good guy or good pitcher. Pedro Martinez was terrible on short rest. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Clayton Kershaw is terrible on short rest. One of the greatest pitchers of all You just don't know. And this is why it's so challenging for Dave to go in there and say, okay, do I have a Clayton Kershaw situation or do I have a Madison Bumgarner situation? I, you won't know until the game starts to go, and that's why you have to have all these contingencies figured out. This is the desperation mode that you're in. Literally, desperation, right? You're down two games to one. This is it. This is your season. So, um, and it is unfortunate that there isn't any track record that Bueller hasn't been in a predicament like this before. Not unfortunate, but I'm saying you don't have any, um, you don't have any data to support maybe you. Maybe he did it at Vandy. I know he pitched in the College World Series when he was he was a college player and pitched really well. I, maybe there's some short rest situations there that he's been. I, I just don't know. But I I I think even with that said, you just used Scherzer yesterday. Julio pitched on Saturday. You're not going to bring Julio back today, no. right? That's not Scherzer and Julio are the only two guys that are 100. percent You're not going to see. Okay, so you're you're kind of it almost in a way. I don't want to say it makes his decision easy, but it's kind of an easy decision. I think you and I would be sitting back. We would have had a conversation if he didn't put Bueller in there. Like, wait, wait, you want to go into Game Four when you're down two one? with Tony Gonsolin on the mound. No, no, no. Throw Bueller in there. He has any issues. You got Gonsolin right behind him. And, oh, by the way, you pitched nine innings yesterday where you only used three pitchers. Trinan came in for one inning. Kenley came in for one inning. So you have some guys that are fresh. They'll be ready to go. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline, uh, 877-710-ESPN. That's the phone number. I want to know what Dodger fans want to do with this lineup because, Al, you and I, I think, are in agreement. We want to see Gavin Lux somewhere on the field. We we need to see that. But here's got to gamble a little bit. I I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think I think he's got to be in the lineup. I but here's the question: mm-hmm. Where? Okay, because we, Justin Turner's going to play third base. Corey Seager's going to play short. Trey Turner's going to play second base. Mookie Betts is going to be in right field. We're back to that Rubik's cube that we've been yep. talking about. You got left field. You got center field. You got first base. You've got Taylor. Pollock, Beatty, Bellinger, and Lux. You got five guys for three spots. How are you gonna if we're gonna give Lux one, A, where are you putting him? And B, how are you filling out those other two spots? Would you throw him in left and take I, Pollock out? I, well, okay. Let's start with question one. Would I mm-hmm. throw him in left? Yes. I think that's the position that you put him in. That's mm-hmm. the one that's the easiest position on the field. It's the one that takes the least technical know-how on how to play in the outfield. So, yes, I put him in left field, okay? Gavin Lux is in left field for you and me. Who plays center field? So the question is, is it Pollock, Taylor, or Bellinger at center? Yes. Unless... It's Bellinger at first. At first. Which, which is still a possibility. I would I would keep Taylor at center. I think I would too. Okay. I think and I would then, too. And then I don't know why. Um, why do you want Taylor at center? Because I do too, and I can't even quite put my finger on it. Why do you want him? I still think he's a great threat, uh, obviously, with his bat. And he's playing good defense. It's not like the guy, you know, how many different plays over – just use yesterday as he an example. He made a great play up against the wall in center field last night. So it's not like, you know, you're not losing with him there on defense. And I would keep Bellinger at first. You want Bellinger in the lineup. You Bellinger ahead of Beattie. I, I, by the way, I, I think you're right. I think I agree with all three spots. I think it's Lux in left, Taylor in center, 
Bellinger and right. Be- Bellinger's good. Athletic, fast. Yeah. You know, everybody who gets on is a threat. You know, I, I feel like uh, when I say is a threat, as in if they get on first, they're 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 uh, they're dangerous when they're on base. You know, well, I mean? and and they can score from second base on a right. ball that's not an right. extra base hit. They all, all of these different things that come in there. And, and look, Chris Taylor has been in the middle of a bunch of big moments for this Dodger team. When you mm-hmm. go back, not just this year, not just last year, but go back a couple of years along the way, Chris Taylor seems to be in the middle of big moments a mm. lot. Cody Bellinger seems to be in the middle of big moments a lot. A.J. Pollock has had a great season. He got a big hit in game two. I, I get it, but I don't have that same feeling about him. If he comes into the, if he plays, I'm not sweating it. He's a good player. But I don't have that. You know what? Whenever the Dodgers had to have it, Bellinger's kind of come through. Taylor's kind of come through. Those guys need to be there. And I, and I also think the fact that you've had two of these three games, you haven't scored any runs, kind of focusing more on offense early and then making adjustments as you need to go. If, hypothetically, you have a lead, now you can kind of make some defensive adjustments from there. All right, today's stat hero of the day is a guy, Al, that kind of got lost in the shuffle last night because the Dodgers just couldn't score. Max Scherzer, one earned run, 10 strikeouts, three hits, seven innings pitch. You could not have asked for him to be any no. better than he was last night, and yet I, it's going to be one of those things that just gets forgotten to history if the Dodgers don't find a way to win these next two games. And by the way, throw out that out there as well. Giants allowed five hits. Six Ks and then just no earned runs and a lot of that because of that unbelievable defense and a little bit of help from a uh, little bit of help from the wind uh, out there in center field area. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives a player the advantage. Go to stathero.com/slash710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. And I know Trav, you're a Monday <laughs> Night Football guy. You're a yes, Monday Night I Football am. guy. I thought I had it, Al. I thought I had it. I thought Carson Wentz was going to do the impossible and help me on Monday night. I had Wentz. The Stat Hero lineup I was going up against had Lamar Jackson, and with about 10 seconds to go in that game, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to win. Carson Wentz is going to do it. And then Rodrigo Blankenship did what he did. He hooked that field goal, and that was the end of that. That was uh, it, Stat Hero did not go my way last night, but man, is that fun. Every game, you feel like you're just hanging on every single possession, every single throw. It's just a blast. It makes every game that much more interesting. Okay, a couple things to do when we come back. Uh, we'll take some Dodger calls. If you want to hit on what the Dodgers should do with their lineup in what could be, uh, it's obviously a winner take all for the Dodgers. You got to get this one to force another game up in San Francisco. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about John Gruden out as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. What do the Raiders do from here? All that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. So I don't know if you can have the White Sox and Astros game on in front of you, Al, right now. Um, And in the interest of full disclosure, let me just say, I don't have the sound on, so maybe I missed something and there's some context to what I'm about to say. Okay. There's an old man in the stands. He looks to be in his maybe 70s or so. In a full... No, he's in a full White Sox uniform. 
is like a 70-something-year-old guy in a full, like, old-timey White Sox gear. I don't know if he's a former player. Maybe he is. I, I just – I simply don't know. But can you imagine if you go to the ballpark and you get dropped down next to some old-timer who's dressed in a full uniform? What's going through your head at that point? I, uh, I'm i going to try. One of my goals in life will be to <laughs> sit front row at a Lakers game in a full referee – the whole referee outfit. <laughs> And during timeouts, I'll let the refs know, like, hey, just let me know if you guys need anything, if I can help with anything. <laughs> so not um, just you're going, like, black slacks, the whole, the whole, whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, the whole thing. I like it. I like and it. then I'll just, you know, let them know, like, listen, you take that baseline, I'll take this baseline. I'm just saying if somebody wants to have a little cheap shot down low, I'm going to catch it. I'll catch it immediately. <laughs> ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet passenger is injured in a car accident, get help paying for vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Speaking of the Astros and the White Sox, very quickly, before we go back to the Dodgers and and what they're going to do with their lineup today, the White Sox lobbed the, yeah, we think they were stealing signs in Houston. We struck them out a bunch of times when we went back to Chicago. Dusty Baker said that those were very heavy accusations. I think this is the part of the puzzle. So album. crazy. Where those acquisitions <laughs> yeah, just had a spin come there, from? Right? Man. Th- that, that's the part of the, the, the math that they never got to. Mm-hmm. The if we do this and we get caught for the yep. rest of our lives, yeah. every time something happens to me, see, cheaters. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't get to that part of the story, did they? Yeah, th- this is uh, – it's not going to go anywhere. So let's say the Astros, who they're up two games to one in the series, they're down one nothing against the White Sox. Okay, let's say you get, you get past Chicago. Now you're pay- playing the Boston Red Sox, who aren't exactly <laughs> saints themselves. Um, so you have every – if you make it to the World Series, what's going to dominate the conversation? You're never going to have the respect of players. You're never going to have respect from those that you ultimately want respect for. I, I would say this, Trav. You know, you can have a family member say, oh, it's great what you're doing, this, that. Your peers is really who you care most about, those who are doing the same thing that you're doing. Do, they, do you have their respect? These guys will never have it, and you could have a random playoff game where all of a sudden somebody's going to say, hey, that's a little fishy, even if it wasn't fishy. You yeah. created something that's never going to go away. And it's your own fault. It, there's no one else to blame for it other than yourself. That's got to be – like they could have gotten out ahead of this by this much, right? Just mm-hmm. in, in inter- If they would have said, look, it was a huge mistake. We regret it. Uh, you know – I have, I have no defense for what I'm I did. I'm going to go do 60 I'm, minutes. I'm going to go yeah. on everywhere, and I'm going to tell everybody I, I screwed up. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea. I did it. I feel terrible about it. Whatever. Take the World Series ring. We don't want it. I accept. Okay, fine. Let's move on. But they chose a very different path along the way. All right. We'll get to uh, John Gruden here in just one second. Let's start with phone call on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Newport Beach and Ken. Ken, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Hi guys, I am obviously not happy, the 40-plus-year Dodger fan, to watch how poorly this team is performing. Now, I don't know how much of that has to do with Farhan, who knows pretty much everybody on the team. But I agree with you that you put Lux in a game. If you want to go left, fine. You leave Bellinger. But let's think of another thing. The worst hitter on the team right now is Turner at third base, who's hitting 077. I'm not completely discounting his past, but there is a possibility you put the other Turner at third base and then put Lux at second base because Turner doesn't have – he hasn't hit a ball by the infield. 
And you got to win this game. Don't you need the guys that are hot as opposed to the guys that are not? Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Ken. First of all, he did get a hit last night. Justin Turner had a hit to right field. Justin Turner did hit a home run in the wild card game that made that game a one Save the season. Game. It did. I get it. You're not wrong, Ken. He's ice cold. He is. He has not played well. 077 is, is obviously speaks for itself. I don't need to add anything there. I am not playing an elimination game without Justin Turner in the lineup. I'm just not doing it. If you told me right now you can pick a guy, the winning run is at third base with, with one out, you have to have somebody that can hit a fly ball, a ground ball to the right side, a base hit, home run, double, whatever, pick any guy in this lineup, I still might take Justin Turner. I, there are other good choices, too. Mookie's a good choice. Turner, the other Turner, is a choice. Justin Turner is about as bad as you're going to get on the – there's no chance I'm taking him out of the lineup, Al. None. By the way, by the way, I, and I, I said this a little bit earlier in the show, all those guys have to be – when you have two games where you score zero runs and you have that lineup, we, we yeah. probably haven't actually talked enough about Seager, need more, Will Smith, need more. Just kind of going through all these guys' lineups or going through the guys that are in the lineup, those are your big hitters. Those are the guys that tonight can drop eight runs and you and I wouldn't even blink. So um, they have to play, play better. They have to perform better. I'm with you. It was actually funny yesterday. Was it uh, – was it Turner that ended? Was did Justin Turner end the eighth? Was it his fly I'd ball that ended the eighth? And and the only reason why I'm saying that, I'm just saying in my head, you know, you got this young 24 year old closer for the Giants. He's throwing, he's clocking 100, 101 miles an hour. In my head, and I think it was Seager. Yes, it was the eighth out. You're right. I th- maybe it was Turner, Seager, Turner, and I knew all three of those guys were coming up in my head. I'm like. Justin Turner is the most dangerous of them simply because it's Justin Turner. He's been there. He's done it, yeah. obviously, plenty of different times. No, I, I'm a huge fan, and I'm not taking that. The other thing that Ken said, too, that I just it kind of made me go, wait, hold on a second, how poorly they've played. They, they've swung the bats poorly in two of these three. Guys, they won 106 games. This is not a team that has underachieved by some massive amount over the regular season. I, I feel like Ken is feeling a lot like I am, Al, a lot like you've mentioned, that for some reason, we're feeling like this should be easy for the Dodgers. It's the Giants are damn good. Did you? I mean, you said it a bunch of times. They had four or five defensive plays last night that if even if one of them doesn't get made, the result might be entirely different. They won game one because they got a couple of home runs. They didn't play great in game two. The Dodgers but they did. They lost this game. Last night, they had three hits and won the game. The Giants are just getting every little thing that they need to do. They find a way to do it. This is not something that Dodgers haven't done. It, it, and even if it is, it's as much as what the Giants have done to the Dodgers than anything else. If I told you that Scherzer and uh, Bueller would have pitched twice in these first three games and it was a total of three runs given up between those guys and that the Giants would lose, the Giants would win both of those games, you'd say, hey, Al, you should go to a different profession. Don't, you know what, stick to <laughs> stick to basketball, buddy. Why don't you just stay in your lane, all right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah. that, that's but Trav, that's that's the reality of the situation. That um, and I I know you don't want to do. Can this. I be I know, a dork for a second? Wait, wait. Can, can, I'm, I'm gonna just say this. Yeah. I know you don't want to do this. I know most Dodger fans don't want to do this. The Giants. It's pretty freaking impressive. Not yeah. just the winning the NL West, but also sitting here in a position today where you have a chance to close it out against the Dodgers. You're up two one with that pitching staff with that lineup. It's I don't know how else to explain it. Maybe, maybe as you told me two months ago, 
hey, Al, baseball gods come into play. Maybe there's maybe that's that's part of the mix here. It, it is part of the mixture, and you're right. They deserve a ton of credit. And I'm there. I said it, and I'm going to move on because I don't want to dwell on it. <laughs> I don't want to give those guys too much credit along the way. But going back to what you're saying, this is why this is playoff baseball. Dodgers get a one-run performance from Max Scherzer last night, and they lose. Yeah, that's playoffs. Hmm. Happens. Dodgers get a, a, a very not, – not a great performance, but a good performance from Walker Bueller in game one. They lose. They get shot. Playoff baseball. They could win one to nothing tonight. They could win ten to two tonight. They could win thirteen to ten tonight. You just you, you don't know. There is almost no connectivity from one game. Remember when we were talking about momentum? Go ahead and figure. They went from zero runs to nine back to zero. Where's the momentum? It should either be zero 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 or zero nine nine or something. There just you just don't know. You don't know what you're going to get at all. By the way, we were just talking about the Astros-White Sox game, so your boy I Correa, know. double to left, I couple know. runs scored. So it's actually the full <laughs> – this one line item would just anger every Dodger fan. Ready? Correa, double to left, <laughs> Altuve scored, and Bregman scored. It's like, of course – yeah. Of, of, of course, course they're they all did. They're all in of that course. mix there. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Can't think yeah. about it. You have, to, you have to root for somebody in the ALCS. Houston or the Red Sox, who do you got? Just two uh, loathsome fan bases. Yeah, no, I just hope. Uh, <laughs> How about no? I hope. I hope uh, Tampa comes back. Tampa just <laughs> yeah. keep playing. I I can't tell you why I was rooting for Tampa yesterday. Like it was Me too. my life depended Me too. on it. Yeah, well, first of all, it Randy came all the way Arena. back. I think has a 950 batting average in the playoffs. I don't think anybody's been able to get him out of line. This is how unlikable the Astros and the Red Sox are. They're making me root for Tony Larusa, who I don't think I've rooted for for a single day in my entire life. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to as many of those as we can. Let's talk a little Raider football, Al. I know John Gruden is out, and he should be. But what does this mean for the Raiders? I think there's a little silver and black lining for this football team now that he's down the road. We'll get into it next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Can I do something that you – if we did this show for another 100 years, Al, I probably wouldn't say it again. Sure. Being an umpire is hard, man. <laughs> they just had a bang-bang play at first base that they showed in super frame-by-frame slow-mo, 
And the umpire got it right in the moment. And it was just fractionally apart between one foot and the other foot hitting the bag. That they get those right as often as they do is pretty remarkable. Okay, 10 years from now, umpires behind the plates or no? No. I don't think I, yeah, I don't years, think so either. You, you could go to maybe three or four, and I would be really – it's not going to happen next year. I'm sure there's a, a contract that, it, that extends to a certain period of time, but there is no reason no we reason. should have that grid over home plate and not have that thing be balls and strikes. No reason and, at all. By the way, you know what's even worse is when you're watching on TV – and the box is there, and you see every time it's out of it, and then you show nine different angles of why the umpire <laughs> called it wrong. And in my head, I'm like, you just literally got through all the technology of why this shouldn't be here, and the ump is still, oh, strike two. <laughs> what was going on here? Well, and here, here's the other Eight thing. inches That's outside. I hate being in a position to defend. The ball's going 98 miles an hour and moving yeah. sideways. Oh, okay, like, so maybe, maybe they're going to miss one or two. Can I, can I tell you something? There was a pitch yesterday. I want to say Posey framed it, okay, that uh-huh. it probably should not have been called a strike. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, if I'm behind, if I'm the umpire there, Posey could do the same thing on a curveball that almost hits the dirt, and I'm like, no, I think that was, I think that, I think that hit the corner. I think that hit the corner. It's so true. And ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear. Let's try Lake Balboa and Solomon. Solomon, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Yeah, hey, guys. You know, before I talk about the lineup, last night, I swear to you, either the Giants have a pact with the devil or the baseball <laughs> gods are. You know, I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, or the baseball gods are shining on them. When did Dodger Stadium become Candlestick Park? <laughs> last night. seen that. I've never seen that in all my years as a Dodger fan since 58. Uh, Chris Taylor's ball, that should be extra hits. Uh, Gavin Lux's hit, that's a home run. You know, the, the ridiculous catch by Crawford. They couldn't buy a break last night. Evan Longoria, yeah. who hasn't, what, what is he, one for 20, hits a home run? What is going on? No, he not, he not only hit a home run, Solomon, but he hit a home run into a gale force wind. The, the, the wind didn't stop blowing when he hit that home run. You're right. So he said he's been a Dodger fan since 58. He's got a few years on me. I've never seen weather like that at mm. Dodger Stadium ever, Al. So it is moments like that, and, and I know people might think I'm kidding. I'm not. I believe in the baseball gods. I believe that they're out there. I believe that they're vengeful. I believe that they're vindictive. And I believe that they can change their mind on a moment's notice. But so Uh, far, the gods have favored the Giants, and I'm hoping they change their mind tonight. So this is what's – it's funny when you say that way. I I feel, you know, you can tell as a season progresses, like, hey, this is – we really have a shot this year or, yeah, this is just everything. It's going to be one thing after the other. One thing. What's weird about the Dodgers is they they have not had, like you mentioned this, they've had a great season, and they had a lot yes. of things go against them, and they still had a great season. Yes. I, I'm gonna, let me use an example for the Lakers last, last year. Did you ever feel at any point for the Lakers, like I know we kept saying, well, they'll just get in the playoffs and they'll figure it out. Nothing ever aligned for the Lakers all season, right? And it wasn't – you know, I know in basketball it's different, but you lose one of your top five players, Anthony Davis or LeBron is out, it just changes everything. What the Dodgers are able to do because of whether it's the trade deadline or you have all these other pitchers, it's different. The Giants, if you look at on the other end of it, the Giants, every single thing that could go your way has gone your way, and, and last night is a perfect example of it. I mean, just the mere fact that you have Giants players saying when Lux hit that shot, I want to say it was Ling- uh, who was it that said it? I think it was I think it was Evan that said he had a, a sick 
feeling in his stomach yeah, it was right Longoria when Lux that hit said it. That. Yeah. Right well, when Lux hit it. Of course he it did. <laughs> the ball was squared up. It left the bat at 110 miles an hour. It was, I mean, the ball was in the seats, and then, nah, out, game over. I mean, he was, Cody Bellinger, I should say, uh, Gavin Lux was standing at first base like Cody Bellinger. Hey, uh, that that should have gone in the seats, right? Like, wh- wh- why am I out? I hit that pretty hard. What's the deal, <laughs> what's the deal with the wind? Why so windy out here? I'm freezing. Yeah, that. That's exactly what it felt like. All right, let's move on to the Raiders here. Uh, John Gruden is out and should yeah. be. You you, mm-hmm. you can't send those emails and have them become public the way they did and expect to keep your job. It, it looks like Mark Davis really didn't want to do it. That they The Raiders knew all this stuff on Friday. They, they let him continue to go through this through the weekend, and the NFL was basically looking at him like, say what now? You're not mm-hmm. going to do anything about that. All right. Well, here comes another wave, and mm-hmm. John Gruden resigned last night during Monday Night Football. Good. Good riddance to somebody that sees the world like that. Good riddance to somebody that is saying terrible things about gay people and women and people of color. It's just We don't need that. I think there's a silver lining here, Al, for the Raiders. John Gruden's not a good coach. I don't know why people ever thought he was. I know that he won the Super Bowl with the the Bucks a while ago. Tony Dungy put that team together. Tony Dungy walked them to the doorstep. Now, Gruden walked them through and got their 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 championship along the way, but since then, here's here's his records as a head coach since taking Tony Dungy's players. 5 and 11. 11 and 5. 4 and 12, 9 and 7, 9 and 7, 4 and 12, 7 and 9, 8 and 8. That's bad. That's not even average. That's well below average. His draft picks have been going all the way back to Tampa, and certainly this run through uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas, confusing at best and bad. He traded away Khalil Mack, who's still a high-level player, never replaced him. You traded away Amari Cooper, who's high-level. Maybe you replaced him a little bit with Henry Ruggs, but I'll give Cooper. I think he's a better player. The Raiders are in a better spot today than they were a year uh, a couple of days ago. Yep. There's going to be clean there's a lot of cleanup. You got to do some PR. You got to make sure the organization hasn't been permeated with guys that think like John Gruden, but from a football perspective, getting that guy out the door with 6 years left on that stupid contract, this is good news for the Raiders. This is one thing I don't understand. You know, I, I remember when that deal went down a few years ago and, and we'll just keep this from a football perspective, okay? When um when that went down X amount of years ago, I'm like a 10-year contract is that is that what they do now in the NFL? Like what who the hell gets a 10 year contract in the league and, and you look at you know it, let me use as an example Sean McVay in his first year as head coach of the Rams listen you got something to prove you don't have a track record you haven't won a Super Bowl it's not like I mean he was what 30 31 years old when he started coaching in the NFL so you you still had a lot that you were trying to figure out that you're trying to prove Sean McVay is at a, a point now of his career where a lot of people are going to say yeah McVay is not only one of the blueprints of what coaches should be like in the NFL. He's young. He's got a, a different type of mind. He's not thinking old school. He's thinking new school. Yesterday, you and I were talking about how these younger coaches are starting to change the league. Hey, by the way, on fourth down, if it's fourth and two, I want Justin Herbert to have the ball. I'm not punting and giving it to Patrick Mahomes and depending on my defense to try to stop the game. If I got to go for two, I'm going to go for two. They're fearless. They're playing more of analytics. I just use that as an example because – there are a lot of good coaches in the league that get five-year contracts, four-year contracts, mm-hmm. three-year contracts. 
John Gruden, who hasn't won a playoff game since 2002, got a 10-year contract with the Raiders. So I think there's something to what you're saying. And, you know, unfortunately, um, somebody might perceive themselves one way. You and I can sit here and have a conversation or we're on the radio. But it's really who you are behind the scenes. And that was obviously reflected on John Gruden. That's why John Gruden's no longer coaching. I want to go back to what you're talking about with the new, the new breed of coaches relative to a guy like John Gruden. And I think this is really well – very. it's a very good illustration of the difference that we're talking about. You've got Brandon Staley, who's the head mm-hmm. coach of the Chargers after spending a, a year under Sean McVay. You've got Sean McVay, who's taken over the Rams, and we don't even need to talk about his success. You've got Kyle Shanahan up in San Francisco who seems to have things rolling there. And you've got guys that understand the analytics. Math. All analytics is is math, right? That the, the odds say if you do this, the outcome is this, this percentage of the time. So why would I punt it, right? Why would I punt it when I have better odds of scoring or preventing them from scoring if I go? So it's math, okay? That's column one, math guys, smart guys, young guys, dynamic guys. Column two is the John Gruden column. And go read those emails. He's of the league a p word because he's never played he's he's decrying the 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 the, i'm trying to think of a good word the softening of the nfl because oh concussions yeah you know what it turns out believe it or not Hmm. that hitting stuff with your head is bad for you that getting a bunch of concussions is bad for you and the league is saying, hey, look, let's at least try. To, we get it. It's football. Guys are good. But let's try. And then you go, hey, you know, back in my day, when football players weren't a bunch of sissies. They'd go out there and smack. That's your guy. That's John Gruden. That he's gone is good news for you. That you can bring in a smart, dynamic, modern thinker that's, oh, the coach, the, the commissioner of the league, he's never played. He's a P word. Get, get out of here. You know, let, we, let's find somebody that understands how to coach football, line up like this, snap the ball like this, throw the ball over here, and understands that just because that's the way it was done when you were a kid doesn't necessarily make it the right way to do it. It's just it's it's a good break for the Raiders. It's ugly and embarrassing. It's good news for the Raiders that this guy is gone. Keyshawn um, on the show before us, Keyshawn, J. Will, and uh, Max, I thought had some really, really interesting things kind of describing uh, John Gruden. Let, let's do this, Chad. When we come back, let's play some of that. Um, I thought it was uh, – th- there's somebody that's going to have a perspective that you and I just can't see that same perspective and also just experience with an individual. Plus, of course, we got the dump coming up as well. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And – Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So before we jump out, I, I think you're right. I think we should listen to Key talking about John Gruden because it's I, – I, Key knows – Key played John Gruden. So Key's got a pretty good sense of what this guy's all about. Here he is earlier on first take. I didn't know that, that John would say things like that and, and put him in an email. He just always been a fraud to me. He just always been a fraud to me. Never, Never from day one – He's been a used car salesman. People bought it because 
he inherited a championship team built by Tony Dungy and Rich McKay. And he came in there with a little bit of different energy that we had with Tony. And it kind of kicked us over the top to get our world championship, which I am grateful for. But at the same time, I also saw through who he was through that journey of getting a championship. Think about this, Al. And mm-hmm. what, what Key just said I think is perfect because he's a fraud. When was the last time we talked about the Raiders mm-hmm. as a football team and not a football team that was coached by John Gruden, where John Gruden was at odds with one of his players. He was at odds with the draft. He was at odds with his quarterback. He was at odds with the league. It's always seemed to go about – it was about John Gruden and their second. Well, I, I will say this. Three weeks ago we had, you know, for the first time, and I think both you and I were – I, I was talk, telling you how, how excited I was. I'm like, wait a minute. you got Raiders and the Chargers – it's a Monday night football game. It's at SoFi Stadium. All the attention is going to be on a Dodger or a Dodger, a Raider team that started out three and zero, and a really unique young Justin Herbert, one of the best uh, young quarterbacks in the NFL, going in a primetime game. We were talking football then, but you cannot talk football if you're going to mention the Raiders without bringing up, obviously, Gruden. Uh, Derek Carr was a lot of part of the conversation. The next day, we were playing sound from Joey Bosa and Derek Carr. We were doing all that. We actually find ourselves talking a little bit more about the football part with the Raiders, which is what made the conversation so unique because most of the time, you're not spending that much time talking about how the Raiders are doing or you're not talking positively about how the Raiders are doing, that obviously it's going to change the script uh, after this following this last week or so. Here, here's the good news for Raider fans, too. You still have a chance to make the playoffs. If you look at what's going on in the AFC, there are seven playoff spots per conference, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like to me, Al, tell me if you share with this opinion, that the six of these spots are kind of locked up. The Chargers and the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. Yep. The Browns and the the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. That's Put Buffalo four. in there. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's going to make the playoffs. They might be the best team in the whole bunch. That's five. The winner of the AFC South gets a spot right. whether they deserve it or not. Yep. They, they get a spot. So there's six. That's six. Here's who's left. You've got Cincinnati, who mm-hmm. looks better. Mm-hmm. You've got Pittsburgh, who has a quarterback that is, you know, looks like a zombie back there. He can barely mm-hmm. move. He's looked terrible. But, but it's still the really Steelers. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Really well-coached team that has a ton of experience and all those things, but they do not look good. You've got Denver, who started oh and has looked terrible since then. Those three wins are against really bad uh, Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Giants. So take that for what it's worth. Peters. You, you, I don't think you have to squint too hard. I don't think you have to make a, a, a case that doesn't make a sense to say that the Raiders are the best. But I don't think it's even close. Okay, so I, I will I will say this. Um, you have the six teams that you mentioned. Okay, most likely, let's say those guys get in and one spot left. I start looking then at, okay, what, are, what out of all the other teams that you mentioned – even if they're not as talented, is it a well-run organization? Can the coaching staff actually win you a game or two along the way? Um, Mike Tomlin can. Is there is are there examples of hey they've been in the playoffs in their past? Sometimes your past can be a strength; it could be a weakness. Whatever the case is, I, it's not that any of those teams that you just named to me come out and it's like oh, 100% Cincinnati's going to get in. But I also don't say that about the Raiders. So it's it's the Raiders also hasn't. They have not given you confidence that now through a stretch of 17 games that they will 
play good enough football to beat out the Pittsburgh Steelers or some of these other teams that you pointed out. So to answer your question, I don't have confidence that the that the Raiders will uh, will be in the mix when it's all said and done. I'm going to try one more time to convince you and tell me if this helps at all. Okay. John Gruden is going to be wherever it is that guys that get fired from the league go. Rich Basaccia is the new head coach of the Raiders. And maybe that – because what you're saying makes a ton of sense to me. You look mm-hmm. at the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and the tone that he sets for his entire organization. If you said to me, hey, you got to bet on one of these teams, it might be the Steelers because of Mike Tomlin. But now that Gruden is – I have no idea if Rich Basaccia is the second coming of Newt Rockney and Vince Lombardi or whether he's a bum. I don't know. But you can't tell me that it's going to be worse than what John Gruden was doing there. That now that that stink has been removed, who knows, right? What's the uh, what's the new coach's name? Say it again. Rich Basaccia. Does that not sound like Basaccia Steak and Chop House? Like it could be just the <laughs> it feels best like it'd be restaurant more of an Italian in place. Vegas. In like it'd Vegas. be a trattoria. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an Italian name, I think. Right? It Listen. feels like it should be Italian fare. If that coach does not already have a restaurant on the strip in Vegas, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> they hey, are doing it wrong. Yeah, come on in and try the linguine and clams. It's it's the, the house special here at Passaccia's. That's it. We just got the idea. The idea has Let's, been settled. We got. We just made a side hustle for uh, the coach of the Raiders. I like it. Let's go to the dump. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for the dump. Okay, so this just came down a little while ago. Darius Williams, who was uh, had a great season for the Rams last year, having a pretty good season for the Rams this year, he's been placed on the IR, which means the softest spot of the Rams' defense has now gotten even softer with him going down. They already benched David Long last week. They put Rochelle into the starting lineup. Well, we may get David Long back in the lineup along with Rochelle because that's all the guys that are left. Well, the good thing for the Los Angeles Rams, next three games, Giants, Lions, Texans. Yeah, 2-13. Giants, Lions, Texans. So even if they got some guys that are beat up right now, hopefully they can get healthy. But the next three games for them, uh, fantastic for the Rams to try to start the season 7-1. and one. Heal fast, uh, Darius Williams. We need, we need you back sooner than later. All right. the uh, a, a Something called Drinks International, which is a okay. publication covering global spirits, wine, and beer, ranked the world's most popular cocktails. Coming in at number one, the old-fashioned. I don't hate that selection at the top spot, Al. Who doesn't like a good old-fashioned? A little bourbon, a little bitters, a little simple syrup? Let's go. No, nothing wrong with that. Did my uh, Kentucky Mule make the list? Uh, no on mules there. on the list. You no, did not make not on the there. list. Well, okay, what's uh, your? I, I see the top eleven there. What's your favorite out of all these? The my my favorite is just a straight up martini, right? At very dry martini with olives. Uh, I don't want blue cheese olives in my martini. I don't want my martini dirty. I just want that thing screaming cold and a big glass of gin. So That's number what four. I want. Number, Number four, four is, is your martini. My first mm-hmm. There's a lot of sweet things on here. Daiquiri comes in at three. Margarita is five. A mojito is ten. I'm not a sweet cocktail guy. I'm Do not you want either. any of those uh, poolside drinks? No, I'm, I'm going to give a perfect example. On Saturday, I think I mentioned to you that uh went ahead out of nowhere and celebrated like it was 2000. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was New Year's <laughs> Eve or something. Um, but I uh, Don't sleep 
Yeah, look at seven and eight. Whiskey Sour is seven. Manhattan is eight. Those are like these are old Mojitos are cocktails. Good. Mojitos, Mojitos are good. They're, they're very good, yeah. but it's yeah. sweet, right? There's, yeah, there's a little bit of sweetness to it. I want my cocktails to be a little bit more cocktaily. Well, I, I want them a little I, more boozy. I typically do, literally will just do bourbon on the rocks, so that's that as unsweet good. as it gets. But that's not a cocktail. That's just a drink. Yeah, like you gotta have. You've got to have a second. But thing but in if there. We, but if I'm we picking, doing? if I'm picking between a cocktail or just having, a, I would rather have a bourbon. Like sometimes you go to restaurants and they just show you the whole yeah. cocktail list. I'm like, I'm good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, makers on the rocks. Let's go. Hurry up. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to do it. Where are we on? Uh, a espresso martini because while that's a little sweet too, and it, it, I don't it's think a I've ever had one festive, shall we say? Uh, I love they're, they're, Al. I'm telling yeah. you, I know my way around the bar a little bit, and that is not a bad choice. It at sounds all. like a great drink. Yeah. It great sounds like a fantastic drink. drink. Not a bad way to do it at all. All right. Uh, apparently, the football players on Sunday Night Football, the Buffalo and Kansas City players, had very specific complaints about the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that they mm-hmm. were consuming during the weather delay. Is there a right way to eat a PB&J? Well, you can't have – okay – if one is going to outweigh the other, you need more peanut butter than jelly. Okay, Correct. You, you yep. can't have too much jelly. So if that was a situation in that locker room, I get it. I understand it. All right. And the other thing is, if we're going to go 50-50, you can go 50-50. That's fine. But I would prefer a little bit more peanut butter than the jelly. So if I don't know what was going on behind those locker rooms, but I'm sure plenty of people lost their job if they didn't get this right. <laughs> Let me just throw this out there too. Yeah, open-faced PB and J, just one slice of bread, not a bad way to go. It's not bad. But, uh, yeah, it's I, not bad. I, I kind of dig that along the way. Ben Simmons reports to 76ers camp, and uh, everybody loves each other. Al, everybody oh, no. is best friends. Everything's fine. Singing kumbaya. Nothing happened. Nothing to see here, guys. Uh, what I'm waiting for is the press conference with Doc Rivers and Ben Simmons talking about how we're just. <laughs> We're just looking forward to the season. I, I don't even – I was looking at my schedule. I guess they thought – we thought – I thought I had another week left, another two weeks left. You I didn't know, know training long, camp started. How long until we get the – you know, this is what the media does. They take something that's mm-hmm. not even there and turn it into yeah. something to try to divide us. We've always been together. We've always been on the same page. That's coming, right? You guys made up this story, and it's because of social media – and because of Twitter and Instagram, yeah, I think that's already in the works. They're actually typing that up as we speak. That's the next uh, pressure coming from the Sixers. Timothy Chalamet is going to play Willy Wonka in yet another Wonka movie. I feel like this is a bad idea. Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka, and let's just leave it at that and keep it moving. You know what's funny? I couldn't agree more. As I think there's some of these. By the way, do you guys see the prequel yet? Do you guys ever watch it, The Sopranos? Do you guys no, end up watching you, it or no? No, you you sold me to not watch it, so I haven't gone out <laughs> that of was, my way. That wasn't the goal. <laughs> By the way, you know how much we oversold Funches on watching The Godfather and was like pulling yeah. teeth? Don't be Funches in this one. Just You should still watch it. All right. I'll, I'll try to clip it before we get to next week. But are you in for Timothy Chalamet as uh, Willy, Willy Wonka? No, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. By the <laughs> way, ESPN app or on iTunes. Catch the full three hours. You can catch it by searching Travis and Sliwa.